0: All right, let's pray together and then we'll get started. Father, we, Lord, we're thankful tonight for, um, Lord, as we've done this study and we've walked through these lessons of knowing knowing the living God, Father, we, we thank you for who you are. Lord, for the the, the perfection of of your attributes. And, um, Father, we come, we're thankful tonight for an opportunity to praise you. As, As a church family, we're thankful for this opportunity we have to pray to you together. Lord, we... come and we think tonight of, of those that we have, have mentioned. We think of um, Carolyn and, and Laura. Father, we pray that you would be with them during this time. Uh, Father, we do pray for the Goad family is there. Uh, Lord, experiencing loss. And Father, we just pray that you would minister to them. Father, by your spirit, bring comfort. Lord we um, do pray for Brian tonight pray that uh, father you would continue to work in his body and in healing him lord we pray for uh for Kay for uh Lord the surgery on her, her hand we pray that you would help her to heal lord and and heal quickly and um Father we just thank you for all the ways that you you answer prayer Lord, on behalf of your people, and we, uh, Father, we come to you tonight. We ask that you would be with us as we, we look at your word, as we study. Father, we pray that you would teach us, Lord, uh, open our minds and give us understanding and change our hearts, God, that we would be more like Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Over the last few weeks, we've been uh, worked through this truth that God saves sinners. Uh, We looked at the Father, and we looked at the Son, um, both their work in salvation, and tonight we're going to look at the work of the Holy Spirit. So, like we've said we see the salvation of mankind as this Trinitarian work where all three persons of the triune God are, are working to save sinners. And tonight we're going to look at a couple of different um, categories that, that where we see the Spirit work. And, and the first one is the Spirit's work in Christ's atonement. And when we say atonement, what we mean... Um, is the work that Christ did to put us into right relationship with God. So the work that Christ did to put us in a right relationship with God. And for Christ to do this, he, to be this, this perfect sacrifice, he must have been uh, completely pure. He had to be completely sinless in order to be this perfect sacrifice to the Father. Well, this is something then that um, necessitates the virgin birth. And so we see here that, that Jesus was conceived and born of the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, it means that Jesus was, was not under the curse of a, a sin nature as other children um are you know who are born i think pastor Gary mentioned this sunday morning when you got you know a, a father that's a sinner and a mother that's a sinner you come together you have a baby sinner and that's how it works but um jesus uh, being conceived of the holy spirit is not under this this curse of uh a sin nature and so We see in scripture that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. And we read about this in Luke chapter 1. There it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So, conceived, Jesus. Um, taking on the the son who takes on flesh is conceived by the Holy Spirit. We also see that Jesus carried out his life here on earth as he lived and as he ministered and that he was empowered by the Spirit. We read in Luke 3 about Jesus' baptism in in the Jordan by John the Baptist. And after that, at the beginning of chapter 4, we read that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he's full of the Spirit. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We know that um, there in the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil. And after this temptation, we read that just as Jesus had gone out in the power of the Spirit, he also returned. From the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, there in verse 14. Peter also mentions in, in Acts chapter 10, as he's, he's talking to Cornelius and, and his family and friends, and Peter says this in verse 38 that God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, God the Father anointed Jesus, or he set him apart for this special service through the Holy Spirit. So born of the Holy Spirit, um, lived his life being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, We also see in Scripture, uh, number three, that the Spirit was involved in the offering of the Son on Calvary for us and for our Sins, And we see it in Hebrews chapter 9 and it says, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so this is a very interesting verse and we don't get a lot of a lot of detail here about this. We don't have it. You know, uh, the details or mechanics of, of how this, you know, this whole intra Trinitarian uh, relationship really works. There's a lot of mystery here, but, but it plainly says that it was done through the eternal Spirit. And so we've seen that the, the Spirit was at work in the birth of the Son, in the empowering of the Son, and in the giving of the Son. And then we see in Romans eight that the spirit was raised that the spirit raised the Son from the dead we see in verse 11 it says if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you again it's, just, it's an amazing thing to see all Uh, All three persons of Godhead, of of the Trinity, working together in this, in the raising of the Son to life on the third day. In addition to working in the the atoning death and and resurrection of the Son, the Spirit is also at work in conversion, in, in the conversion of mankind. From spiritual death to spiritual life. From a child of wrath to a child of God. From a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. From a hater of God to one who adores and worships Him. That's the work of the Spirit. And we see this in Scripture. We see the Spirit works uh, to regenerate the sinner. So the person is born again or born from above and we read of this conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and it says Jesus answered him truly truly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God and Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born and Jesus answered truly truly I say to you unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Also, Paul writes in, uh, in Titus that God saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the holy spirit whom he poured out on us richly through jesus christ our savior so we see this, this is absolute miracle of god that that god the, the holy spirit would would choose to bring spiritual life to people who were spiritually dead in order to save them and it's all according to his mercy and grace with which he loved us that he does this. So we've seen that the, the Spirit regenerates the sinner. Uh, also, the Spirit is the one that works to, convince, to convict the sinner of their sin. Uh, we see this in John 16. There, Jesus is talking with his disciples. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so Paul Washer writes here that that the word translated convict in verse 8 means uh, to expose. Or to convict, or to reprove. It's to shed light on the truth. It's it's the word that that would be used of a like a prosecuting attorney who in a courtroom that that presents arguments and and evidence to to uh, to expose the guilt of a criminal during trial. Again, it's used to bring the breaking of law to light. And that's exactly what the Spirit must do in our hearts and lives if we are to repent of our sin. Um, so the only way that, that an individual is ever truly convicted of their sin or, and, and the weight and gravity of, of their sin before a holy God is when the Spirit does it in them. Otherwise, we, there, there's no conviction, right? There's no sadness at sin, um, there's no godly sorrow for sin. There's, there's just unbridled and wholehearted enjoyment of sin until the Spirit convicts us. So the Spirit uh, regenerates, the Spirit convicts of sin, the Spirit also reveals truth to us. Once again, looking at John 16. And Jesus there speaking to the disciples, he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Spirit here teaching and guiding Into all truth. And it's very important to notice there. In uh, in verse 14, Jesus says that the Spirit will glorify the Son. And so Paul Washer writes this Any true work of the Holy Spirit will always glorify the person and the atoning work of Christ. The Holy Spirit will not draw attention to Himself. Later in the New Testament, Paul writes this, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. So things that are are given to us by God, given to us... Through the sun, and the way that the Spirit reveals this truth to us is by illuminating our minds and enabling us to understand the Scriptures, the Scriptures which He Himself wrote. And so we read in Second Peter chapter one verses twenty and twenty-one. It says, "Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation." For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so we're not talking about some kind of, um, when we're talking about the Spirit revealing the truth, we're not talking about some kind of mystical um, experience, you know, outside the revelation that that we have in the Bible. We're talking about an ability to read and understand the things of Scripture. So the Spirit generates, it convicts, it reveals. And last, we see that the Spirit indwells and seals all who believe. So Jesus speaking to his disciples in John 14. And he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Paul writes in Romans 8, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So how encouraging these words are. First, Jesus talks about the fact that God comes and and makes a home with the believer and dwells with them. Then Paul talks about the fact that, that all believers are indwelt with the Spirit of God. As we've seen the Spirit living in us and teaching us and guiding us and illuminating our minds and our hearts to understand the truth of the Word. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He brings comfort to us. and We see here that He doesn't come and go. It's not an on and off again kind of thing. He indwells and lives within all who truly believe. And lastly, we have the promise in Ephesians one, and there it says that um, we have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And um, and Paul Washer notes um, in his study that the word translated "sealed" here in Scripture carries Kind uh, of three main meanings, wherever we see it in Scripture. Um, it means, and all three of these are true of the believer. It, 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 first of all, it's ownership or uh, possession. Second, security. And third, it's authentication and, and approval. Um, so we're, we're owned by God. We are secure in Him. We're, we're approved not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of who Jesus is and what He has done for us. And so we are sealed. And um, there's one final quote that I want to to leave you with this evening. And I, and I think that it brings all the things that we've been talking about um, throughout this study and especially... Uh, within the last few weeks, it kind of brings it all together. And so, um, again, Paul Washer writes this. Our God is a saving God, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Father who designed our salvation and governs its every detail is God. The Son upon whose person and work our salvation depends is God. The Spirit who indwells us and seals us for the day of redemption is God. Each person of the Trinity involved in our salvation is fully God. Therefore, we can have unwavering confidence that the God who began a good work in us will finish it without fail. That's taken from Philippians 1, verse 6. So we've seen these last few weeks, as we said, all three persons of the Trinity at work in mercy and in grace because of the love of God for us in the salvation of sinners. So let's close tonight with a word of prayer. Father, we, we thank you for... Lord, the Spirit that, uh, Lord, is active, is working. Lord, who indwells believers. Father, all the things that we've seen tonight. Lord, I pray that you would, um, you would help us to meditate this week on, on these verses. That, uh, Father, as we think that we would be driven to worship and to praise of you. And so we pray this. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.